0: The world will not know Jesus is real by the perfections of Christians. The world will know that Jesus is real by the humility of Christians to own where we fail. And nobody likes to confess that they failed. But according to this text, we all like, he's like, no person can do it. Only the spirit of God can do it, which means that we do fail in these areas. So we
1: apologize. Face it, you're like everyone else, an imperfect person living in a broken world. You mess up all the time. You know it and so does everyone around you. Well, today, Pastor Daniel shares that owning up to your mistakes shows people that Jesus is real. They'll see it in your humility and hear it in your apologies. You'll be challenged to be honest with others and humbly ask for forgiveness. Not only will this change your world, but it may change theirs, too. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in James chapter 3, as he continues his message, Me and My Big Mouth. Jesus is
0: James is saying that our tongues, our speech, what we speak, our tongues are small, but very, very influential. Listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 12, verses 18 and 19. It says, there is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword... But the tongue of the wise promotes health. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but the lying tongue is but for a moment. So in this proverb, this, this, this saying of wisdom, it says that there is a way to speak that's like a piercing of a sword, which inflicts pain on people. But the tongue of the wise does not inflict pain, it promotes health. There is truthful, the truthful lip, the the mouth that speaks truth will have an eternal establishment. But the mouth that speaks lies is but for a moment. It's temporary. So you see what's going on here is that James is trying to get us to realize that what we speak is part of our testimony as the people of God. And what you say matters. Words matter. One of the things we learn in the very beginning of our Bibles in Genesis chapter 1 is that words are creative. Remember, the creation account begins every day of creation, and God said, and God spoke creation into existence. Now, God creates things out of nothing, uniquely from what we do, but you realize that your words are creative in the same way. According to the book of Proverbs, our words can either wound or bring healing. And that is a very powerful thing, isn't it? How, how often has wars, conflicts begin with just words? It's, it's also amazing how powerful something as simple as, I'm sorry. How a kind word can... Turn away wrath. See, what, we, what God has entrusted to us in these mouths are very powerful, has tremendous influence, and it's something that we have to, as followers of Jesus, we want to bring our speech under the authority of Jesus into submission, or as James is going to say next, as it relates to our tongues, you and I, we need to get it under control. We need to get our tongues under control. Listen to what he says, verse six. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no one can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Gosh. We need to get it, see, and I get this idea that we need to get our tongues under control because by the end of that passage, James is unpacking how humanity at the, as the top of the food chain has brought all animals under subjection to it. Now, let me just make a, a point on that real quick. When God created Adam on the sixth day, he invited Adam to be a steward over creation. So the idea that like humanity... Humankind is the top of the food chain. That's by God's design. Now, that does not mean that our job is to be lousy stewards and destroy everything. Everybody knows that, right? It's God's world. He entrusts it to us, and he invites us to be faithful stewards of what he's. And it's the same thing with your life. God has given you the gifts and talents, the ability to to cultivate those gifts and talents. They're God's gift. He's given them to you, and he holds us accountable for our stewardship. So the fact that humankind is the top of the food chain is by God's design. Doesn't mean we should exploit, pillage, do a lousy job of stewardship because the judgment of all humanity is over our stewardship of our own lives. Like God holds you accountable for who you are, how you live and the impact you have on people. And he holds me accountable for that in my own life. Each one of us is held accountable for our lives. And that's why you go all the way back to we all stumble in many points and you're like, this is why we believe in Jesus. Because when we're held accountable for the stewardship of our lives, we realize that we have stumbled in many ways. There's all sorts of issues. There's things that we're growing in. There's things that you're like, man, I wish I learned this 25 years ago, but now today I'm learning it. And that's why we believe in Jesus. And that's why we we are grateful for the grace of God. So that idea is like, he's like, like, listen, humanity's been able to tame everything. But look at verse eight, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil. So you might say, well, Fusco, if it says no man or no woman can tame the tongue, why are you telling me to get under control? Because you and I can't tame it, but the spirit of God can. And that's the whole point. The whole point is that left up to our own devices, you and I are going to be mouthy. We're going to say the wrong things. We're going to do the wrong things. We're going to say something and we're going to be like, I got foot and mouth disease, right? The only time your mouth is empty when you take one foot out and you're sticking the other one in, right? Am I the only, I got, I got, you know, I got that. Pray for my family. I pray for you guys, my church family. It's just bad, you know, but here's the deal. You can't do it, but the Spirit of God wants to do it. The Spirit of God wants to do a work of transforming our speech. But we have to realize what our speech is. And James does not mince words. Really what he's saying here is that our speech, our tongues, not only are they powerful and influential, they're perverse. And everything he's saying about it, notice, the tongue is a fire, It's a world of iniquity. And that word iniquity can also be translated unrighteousness. Our tongues are a world of unrighteousness. It's so set among our members as part of our body because in a lot of ways, people see us and then they hear us, the content of our lives and our influence, it can defile the whole body. And it says, and it sets on fire the course of nature. Like our tongues can set on fire the course of existence, it's saying and it is set on fire by hell. Gosh. So he's saying that our tongues are so perverse that it's almost like it has its origin in hell. It's it's demonic. Now, you hear that, and then you think about the day and age in which we live. Now, one of the things I love about the day and age in which we live, like this cultural moment, is that everybody has a voice. The beauty of social, you know, back in the day, it's like, unless you can get on the news or you can get an article in the newspaper, like, nobody would hear your opinion, right? But now, because of social media, everybody has an opinion, right? And I think that's a good thing, because now you don't have gatekeepers to ideas. But you know what the problem is? Because we all stumble in many points, and because the tongue can be perverse, we have society literally tongue lashing itself every single day. From every corner in every nook and cranny of society. And the fallout of that is so severe that we're all just trying to come to terms with what we're experiencing, aren't we? And so because you and I are not responsible for everybody, each one of us is responsible for us. So as brothers and sisters in Christ, and I realize not everyone here is a Christian, not everyone here is, you is—you know, everyone's on a different step of their faith journey. As, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, then you need to say, God, I want you to change the way that I speak. I want you, I want my speech, Lord, to bring glory to you and blessings to others. God, I do not want to be like everybody else. I want to be, distinctly like Jesus is with the way that I speak. Now, when I say something like that, if you're like me, there's that Holy Spirit conviction that happens in your heart because you realize all the ways you have fallen short. And when you realize that you've fallen short, as followers of Jesus, we confess those sins. If you've hurt somebody, you should go and apologize. Hey, listen, I realized that the way that I spoke to you was not fair. It was hurtful. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? See, the world will not know Jesus is real by the perfections of Christians. The world will know that Jesus is real by the humility of Christians to own where we fail. And nobody likes to confess that they failed. But according to this text, we all like, he's like, no person can do it. Only the Spirit of God can do it, which means that we do fail in these areas. So we apologize. We say, I'm sorry. Hey, I got that wrong. And in a world where nobody knows how to say that they were wrong, in a world that doesn't value the idea that you could change your views over time. Like we live in a day and age where if you said something 40 years ago, you get in trouble for it now. As if development, like human development doesn't happen. It's, it's like, it's so, like, like I, all the time I tell my kids, my kids have cell phones in their pockets. I say, I'm just so happy I didn't have a cell phone in my pocket when I was your age. They're like, why? I'm like, there'd be a video of every dumb thing I ever did. <laughs> there'd, be, there'd be like Instagram stories of the most insane things that I thought was smart when I was a kid. I'm like, so I didn't get a cell phone until I was like 25 because I'm that old. And I'm grateful. Just the, just the 20 years of having that stuff is bad enough, you know? But I'm like, listen, you, I'm like, you guys, we live in a world now where it's like, you put that stuff online, it's on there forever. And I'm like, and what's sad is our culture doesn't realize that you could do something really dumb and be like, that was really dumb. I should never have done that. I'm sorry for that. Our culture wants us to still hold you to task as if that's who you still are today. Now, listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, this whole idea of cancel culture is, should not be part of our vocabulary. Because you realize that you are not what you used to be and you're not what you're going to be. And praise God for that. Like, I do not want to be the way that I am today in 10 years. And I think as I walk with Jesus for 10 more years, I will be different. And you will be too. There is character development. There is personal development. There is spiritual development. That's part of life. And part of personal and spiritual development is realizing that certain beliefs that you held at one point was totally bonkers. Like, Jack, I can't believe I thought that. That's part of life. But you and I should be quick to ask for forgiveness where we've hurt people. And listen, as one of your pastors, I'm sorry if in any way I have spoken in a way that hurt any of you. Sometimes I make bad jokes. Actually, most of them are bad jokes. You know what I mean? I say things the wrong way. I say things too directly. I don't nuance it the right way. I'm sorry. You know, I am so aware of the fact that when you have a microphone on in front of thousands of people in person and way more online, I'm aware of the fact that how words interact with people, where they're coming from, what they're hearing, what I'm implying. Sometimes I'm implying the wrong things, all that stuff. And I'm sorry for that. Because God wants to do a work of hemming it in. That he's glorified it in. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37. Jesus says, but I say to you, for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account for it on the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Wow. Every word on the day of judgment. So really what, what Jesus is saying is by our words we're condemned because no one can bridle it on our own. So just by our own choice of language, each one of us stands condemned. But the Bible also says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, you will be saved. So that's why as a church family, we give opportunity for people to begin their journey with Jesus or recommit to their journey with Jesus because we realize, that. that's why when we pray together at the end of service, and that's why I love so much as a church family, as people are taking those steps, you, you, you don't leave at that time because you're joining people in that confession of faith and it's by that confession that people are justified, that they're delivered because they're saying, listen, I admit I failed, Lord, but Jesus, you have not. And I confess who you are that's why, in the same way, baptism is a great outward expression of our confession of faith. Just as Jesus died and went under the water and was resurrected to new life, when I am baptized, my old life is going under the water and I am being raised up into newness of life. That's the confession of our lives. Now, James wants to unpack for us one more thing about our speech. And I'll be honest, as someone who started. Working through this stuff for myself for a while now. I've taught the Book of James before at different contexts, and so, but in my studying, this last section really kind of grabbed me. So, listen to what it says, verse nine. This is James chapter three. For with it, we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? Or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Now, really what we learn here, if you want to just like a straight rubber meets the road application you and i we should use our words for blessing like our words should be used for blessing with our words our tongue we bless our god and father and with it we curse people who have been made in the similitude of god out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing my brethren these things what ought not to be so. So I want you to underline, these things ought not to be so in your Bible. He's saying that part of the perversity of the way that we speak is our inconsistency with how we use our tongue. He's saying, with the same tongue we bless God and we also curse somebody who was created in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds both Blessing and cursing, he says, my brethren, these things ought not to be so. And then James goes to nature again to show us that the inconsistency of human speech is a problem. And he uses really two simple examples. Does a spring send forth fresh water or bitter from the same opening? Pretty much, if you've got a, a fresh water spring, what kind of water comes out? If you have a salt water spring, what comes out? Salt. Could you imagine if all of a sudden you, you, you turned on your faucet and salt water came out? That would ruin your soup, right? It's like, it's like, it gives according to its nature. In the same way, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? It's like, no, if it's a fig tree, what comes off of it? Figs. If it's a grapevine, what comes off of the vine? Grapes. It was so cool. Just a couple weeks ago, one of our ushers gave me, gave me some figs. I, I was, we were outside and we were talking. I, like, hey, I got these for, I thought they were tomatillos. I mean, those times, he's like, no, Fusco, they're figs. I'm like, oh yeah, they're figs, you know? And like a fig tree drops figs. An apple tree drops apples, right? If a fig tree drops grapes, there's a problem. Because it's not, it's, not a, it's not a fig tree, right? And so in the same way, he's saying the problem with our mouths is that our mouths are inconsistent. We can bless God and then we can curse people. And he's saying, it's not the way. Now, listen. I realize in our world, people curse people, people say, but for followers of Jesus, if you use your mouth to praise God, which is one of the reasons we were given a mouth, we should not use that same mouth to curse anybody. Not a politician. You know I was going to go there. (laughs) Not your neighbor. Not someone who roots for a different sports team. Not someone you disagree with for X, Y, and Z reasons. You use that mouth to bless, and that's its purpose. And anything outside of that, like we bless God by telling the truth, but we speak the truth in love. So it's not saying that Christians should just be, oh, smile all the time, don't say anything. No, like we're going to use words, but we use, it to use our words to bless, not to tear, to build up, not to tear down. And I'll be honest with you, in our day and age, we need to get consistent with our speech. One of the things that God is always reminding me is that I show God I love him by loving other people. Like, I'll say, God, I want to love you more. He's like, well, I want you to love Lynn more. I want you to love your kids more. I want you to love the Crossroads family more. I want you to love the people you meet in the community. That's how you show that you love me. And it's like, God, if I say, God, I want to bless you more, according to this text, I want you to bless people more. Use your words to bring blessing. Not tearing down. Listen to Jesus. This is what Jesus said. Matthew 7, 16 to 20. You will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? same, Same example. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and is thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruit... You will know them. And brothers and sisters, listen. When people think of Christians, they do not think of people who bless God with their mouths and bless people. When you go into our community, not our church community, but you go out out into, into where we live and you ask people, hey, what do you think about Christians? They are not used to being blessed by Christians. And I like to say that Jesus needs new PR. And brothers and sisters, I believe you're Jesus' new PR. Because we take this teaching on our tongues, on who we are, how we speak, and we say, I'm going to stop cursing people. I'm going to stop speaking down on people. I'm going to stop looking at people at their worst and saying, this is who you are. And instead, I'm going to speak life into them. I'm going to tell them about a God who loves them. I'm going to tell them, listen, listen, you're growing. I was just talking to someone about this this past week. We, we, had, we were having this discussion. I said, you realize that everybody is growing. Everybody is in the process of spiritual formation right now. Now I'm not saying not everybody is growing to become more like Jesus. But every single day you are growing spiritually. And because of that, we should see changes. And when someone is making, the changes are imperceptible to them, but they might not be to you. And when you tell someone, hey, listen, God's doing a good work in you right now. God's changing you right now. Hey, I believe in you when someone's in a bad spot and they're really down they're all the trouble they're just like in that you say listen so sorry but I want to remind you but God but God's going to do something you're in the middle the number of times I tell people that, hey you're in the middle chapters like you're in the time of the book where everything's going bad the sad song's playing and that's real and I'm like but it doesn't end there There's more chapters to be written. God wants to do a work.
1: Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel wrapped up today's message with the reminder that people will know what you're about by the fruit of your life. This is especially evident in how you use your words. This world is filled with people who've been hurt by the things Christians have said, but it doesn't have to be that way. Pastor Daniel encouraged you to invite the Lord to transform your words into a source of blessing and healing. When you use life-giving words to build others up, you'll be a light that pierces through the darkness of this world. And that's what God wants for all of us. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in.
0: I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus is Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus' is Real Radio at 360 256 4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com.
1: We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider
0: becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the
1: size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Just click on Give. Thank you for partnering with us. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio When Pastor Daniel shares that James has a lot to say about how following Jesus impacts your everyday life, you'll learn that wisdom is a big part of this. We invite you to dive into this topic by looking at what wisdom is and why it matters for you. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series, Where the Rubber Meets the Road. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.